we're live. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Sheepkey Sheared Podcast. Here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I am your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome into the show. Take a seat. We're in for a good one. We're talking about the political system in America today. I'm going to make a very bold statement here in one second. But first, before we get started, for those of you who are new to the show, I want to welcome you in. You're in for a treat. You're listening to the best show on YouTube, best education you're going to get all day. So welcome in. Second, I I make a lot of statements that some might consider inflammatory. It's not meant to be that way. So, But, nonetheless, I will give a trigger warning up front for those of you who are easily affected and easily hit in your emotions. Might have a difficult time today. But, for those of you who are a little more strong of spirit, I welcome you. you and I want you to be ready because we're talking about the American political system and how, in my opinion, it's been compromised. And I'm going to show you... Okay, I'm going to give a little back tense to this for in just one second. But if you have any comments, concerns, questions, criticism that you ha- may have or harbor, you can direct it over to my Twitter feed at Austin Creed. And over there, you are free to tell me whatever you like could be something insensitive, insulting, or it could be something uplifting and informing. Entirely up to you. I'm, I'm here for all of it. I, I guarantee you I can handle it. But nonetheless, here's what I want to talk about today. My friends, America is in a very interesting time. As Unless you're living under a rock, you see it everywhere you go. Whether it's your neighbors, whether it's your workplace, whether it's online, you see it everywhere. America has come to a boiling point when it comes to the political discourse, the activism, and the intolerance, for lack of a better term, that's been saturated, both on the airwaves, on the internet, and even in the school system and everywhere else. But I'm not the first to point this out, and I guarantee you I won't be the last, as I was listening to a speech today by Dwight D. Eisenhower in his farewell address. Now, he has an infamous quote in there about the military-industrial complex, which is why I went to look at the speech, because I wanted to use it for today's show. And while I was looking at his speech, first I went to find, I said, you know what, I'm going to watch a little bit of it, I'm going to find the quote, and then I'll be on my way. But as I was sitting there, I was on the edge of my seat for 15 straight minutes as I listened to this man speak. And I'll play clips of it later on in the show today. But this was back in the 1960s. And this man was speaking with such passion, information, and vision. I was enthralled by this man. I couldn't stop watching it. I couldn't stop listening to what he was saying. Not only did he warn about the military-industrial complex, this man warned about the education system and how the Fed was basically becoming a juggernaut that was going to invade every aspect of your life. Whether it was the farming industry with agriculture, whether it was the government grants that are given to universities, making it almost impossible for free thought. I'll play you that piece later. It, I would... I was standing there slack-jawed. I couldn't believe what I was listening to. I couldn't believe this was on YouTube. I couldn't believe that this man gave this speech. 
I was just flabbergasted by what I was listening to. Because you don't hear this, much less from this sitting president of the United States of America. You don't hear these things anymore. All you hear, all you hear from politicians today is usually from the lowest common denominator, you know, from people like um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or however her name is pronounced, AOC. Whether it's from her, whether it's from Chuck Schumer, whether it's from Dianne Feinstein, Gavin Newsom, Bernie Sanders, that bum. Where's he gone, by the way? Can anybody tell me what they last heard from Bernie Sanders other than oh, talks to rich? Talks to uh, no millionaires and billionaires. Which has now become just billionaires because he is a millionaire now. So you can't... He doesn't want to be taxed. He wants people better than him to be taxed. But here's my question. Where is he? I haven't seen this man. Where is he? Oh, that's right. He got put in... He got oh, put in... What is it? On the, the economic forum? He got put in the money-spending part of Congress. Yeah, that's right. So now he gets to decide where the money goes. Isn't that nice? We love socialists, right? Or at least they love your money. I sure hope you love them back. Otherwise, I don't know why you put them in office. But here's the problem. We talk about politics a decent amount on the show. Here's the problem with the politics today. Back in the day, there used to be a little bit of a distinction. There used to be, this party stands for this thing, and this party stands for that thing, versus, oh, this party stands for this, so I stand against it. That's not an actual stance. That's just a lack of a stance. That's just too easy. That doesn't count. And yet, that's what politicians are doing now. It's just, oh, so-and-so supports me, and my opponent stands for this, so I stand for the complete opposite of that. Vote for me. Or if there are certain people, like, uh, what, what was that one senator? Mac, Senator Mac, was twerking for votes. Or, or you're AOC and you lie and uh, get, <laughs> get parody accounts made about you. <laughs> Did anybody else see that? That was funny. <laughs> but seriously, you look at people who are trying to, to show you reality today, whether it's Matt Walsh with his what's a, What is a Woman segment. Or movie, I don't know what he technically calls it, but whether that even that's being censored, you, you cannot fight against what is being told to you in the mainstream. I could do it, I don't have a huge following right now, so I could pretty much say whatever I want, and I will, anyways. But you can't find raw truth really anymore, it's more graphic, and it, it's more graphic and more explicit than the most triple X pornography. The truth. That's why I spent the last 15 minutes listening to Dwight D. Eisenhower, President of the United States, listening to this man speak in his farewell address. I was just... I was in a trance for 15 straight minutes as I listened to this man speak about the issues that we now see in our modern political structure. We now see them. He warned about them and nobody heeded his warnings. We now have a three-card Monty game that passes for a political system today. For those of you who don't know what a three-card Monty is, essentially, it's a complete con game. Uh, you know what? I'll pull it here. I pulled up the definition because I wanted to make sure I knew the actual definition. Here, I'll share the screen with you real quick. Look at this. It says, three-card Monty is a game of skill and therefore they don't consider it illegal. But here's the kicker says, in reality, three-card Monty is not a game of chance. 
It is a game of skill or a, quote, magic trick. At its purest, three-card Monty is a scam. The, its sole purpose is to separate its players from their money. That is what our government has become today, ladies and gentlemen of the Sheep Get Sheared podcast. That is what our government is today. It is just, how can I separate the people from their money? How can I spend it? How can I put it in a, sl- in a slush fund? How can I put it into some complete garbage chute that no one's going to regulate? No one's going to keep track of the money. No one's going to know where the money goes. How much it's going to get kicked back to the DNC? How much it's going to get kicked back to the Republican Party? How much it's going to get kicked back from various corporations overseas or fake accounts who... Your nephew owns, if you're Nancy Pelosi, allegedly. That's what the government is now. It's not about a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. It's, how could I steal the people's money as fast as possible and make sure they don't see me doing it? If you picture the old bandits from an old-timey movie, then they have, like, the... They have, like, the, the knapsack over their shoulder, and they're walking out with all your taxpayer dollars over their shoulder. It's, it's really sad, I gotta tell you. And I wish I could sit here and tell you that the Republicans are great and the Democrats are evil. Look, the Republicans do a lot of things better than the Democrats do, quite frankly. The problem is, they, there gets to a certain point where they're all about the same. All you gotta do is look at the picture with Chuck Schumer. No, no, not Chuck Schumer, uh, Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden, where they're, they're sniggling and laughing and, and whatnot with each other. Yeah, um, that's not how that's supposed to work. Now, they don't need to be throwing, you know, knives and swords and rocket launchers at each other, but they need to be having a, look, this is what my constituency wants, and you're going to get it for us, and I'm not going to back down. But they're going to back down now if they get enough money from the Fed, because the Fed is out of control. The, The debt ceiling is proof of that. The debt ceiling got raised. I was holding out hope, quite frankly. I was hoping that for once, for once, for God's sakes, the government was going to do something that actually talked about the future instead of just right now. But because everybody in office wants to keep their job and they don't care about their grandchildren's grandchildren, they decided to put this through. They didn't want to take the medicine, so they just put, they passed the buck again for the 11th time. Now, I'm not, supri- I'm not surprised by this, and neither should you. But it's just, it's still very disheartening and it's disgusting to me that nobody wants to actually do what's best for the country. They want to do what's best for their career. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. Now, my friends, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I want to show you this speech by Eisenhower. Not the whole speech. I won't spend 15 minutes on it. But what I will do is I want to play this speech for you. There are two sections in particular I want you to listen to. First one is going to be about the military-industrial complex, which we see in broad daylight in Ukraine right now with the government spending... Look at this. The government has spent... has sent $75 billion in humanitarian, financial, military support, etc. to Ukraine. Now, I stand with the Ukrainian people. I think it's it's a I think it's a disgrace what's happened to them and that they're having to flee in numbers we haven't seen since World War II. 
I don't blame the people. I blame the government in Ukraine. The uh, comedian they have for a leader who used to play the piano with his penis. Apparently that passes for a presidency today in Ukraine. But nonetheless, the Ukrainian people are suffering. And the America is using the opportunity to fight Russia in a proxy war. And they're using the Ukrainian leadership to do it. But, oh, you forgot, you forgot about John McCain? How he went over there and basically got the government switched up? Oh, you forgot about that, didn't you? Yeah, most people have. It's very interesting, isn't it? But we're going to talk about the military-industrial complex, which I'm sure that uh, Mr. John McCain knows a lot about, considering he was in the military just as I was. And he's seen it in action, as I have as well. So let's get into this real fast. I'm gonna share this. I'm gonna share the screen, and I'm gonna let this play out. I don't want anything from me disturbing y'all, y'all. So we're gonna sh we're gonna get this go. Oh no! Is this thing freezing up on me? Well, this is reprehensible. What is this buffoonery? Give me one second. I'm so sorry. Let's fix this. This this is just this is just unacceptable. Okay, okay, there we go. Alright, here we go. I'm gonna get this started real quick. And then we're gonna get... I'm gonna... I want you to listen very carefully to what he says about the military-industrial complex. Now keep in mind, nobody talks like this anymore. So you might be a little confused as to what he's actually saying. But I'm gonna challenge you to stay calm and listen to what this man says. Because it will fundamentally... Rock you to your core if you're paying attention to what's going on in America today. All right, we're gonna listen to this for about two minutes, and I want you to listen to everything this man says. Okay, I'm gonna turn off my mic real fast because I want you to really listen to everything he says, and I don't want my reactions to get in the way of this important message. All right, so let's get started. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. Akin to and largely responsible for the sweeping changes in our industrial military posture has been the technological revolution during recent decades. In this revolution, research has become central it also becomes more formalized, complex, and costly. A steadily increasing share is conducted for, by, or at the direction of the federal government. Today, the solitary inventor, tinkering in his shop, has been overshadowed by task forces of scientists in laboratories and testing fields. In the same fashion, the free university historically the fountainhead of free ideas and scientific discovery, has experienced a revolution in the conduct of research. 
partly because of the huge costs involved, a government contract becomes virtually a substitute for intellectual curiosity. Wow. I mean, my friends, what do you got to say about that? Can anybody argue with anything this man just said? Now, keep in mind, this was said back in, what, the 60s? Before JFK became president. Three days before JFK became president. This is when this speech was given. January 17th. Wait, what, it says at the beginning of the speech. What does it say? Let's see, what, 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 is it, what, is he, what does he say? He's a, this man, look at how he speaks, though. This man speaks with such conviction and authority. Can you imagine Joe Biden talking like this? Can you imagine even Trump talking like this? I mean, Trump does a decent job back when he was president, and even still now. But this is just something else. He's talking about how not only is the military-industrial complex, the people who make the weapons... The senators who get the contracts or who hu whose husbands have the contracts to build these things get the money, then they could pretty much charge whatever they want. They send it all out all over the place, it's ma mainly to Ukraine right now, and they make billions of dollars off of this, if not millions and billions of dollars. And yet here we are, we think we live in a free society, completely separated from all these interests or that maybe the influences are there but the politicians don't have a self-interest in war they don't have a self-interest in all these contracts that they give out they want it to be the best offer for the least the best quality for the least amount of money that's the motto that I learned in the military is that you get the best thing for the late for the lowest price we can get now what they don't tell you is that these contracts are marked up big because it's the government. I remember, I remember back in my squadron, I think it was what, I, um, this was almost two years ago, when we, I was told we were under budget, and I thought, oh, wow, look at that, that's great. Of course we went under budget. We were very efficient, we were very efficient, very effective, that's great. The government might even reward us. Whoever did their job, they did it well. And then I heard people say, oh, we have, like, a couple extra thousand dollars. Okay, well, let's buy new chairs, new desks, and everything. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. We're spending money on stuff we don't need? These desks are just fine. These chairs are just fine. Why are we spending the money? Don't we want to be in a deficit? Isn't that good? And they said that, no, in fact, it wasn't good because if they didn't spend the money, the government would just say, oh, well, they only spent $15,000 this year. Versus their their limit was 17, so we're going to cut it down to 15 because obviously they don't need the money. In other words, you're penalized for being on a good budget. You're penalized for being cost effective. And you wonder why the government is in the situation we're in just spending money that you could have been using elsewhere and even rewarding people. For not spending money that they didn't need to spend. But of course, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. It was that moment I realized there was something very wrong. And then you look at a speech like this when it talks about the military-industrial complex. But are sought or unsought.
And then you realize he talks about as well the education and government contracts. How it's the death of free thinking. Because now the government gives you the money so they tell you what to think, what results they want. That's why we have the global, the climate change science that we have today. You can't put two and two together, huh? You need me to do it for you? That's why that 96% of scientists agree in this global warming. Of course, because all of them are paid for by the government who wants to use the money for their own purposes. Schmuck, when are you going to put two and two together and come up with something other than five because you're a moron? Don't you see it? Again, this is why we have the politicians we have. This is why we have the society that we have. Because the government gets to dictate, the Fed gets to dictate what is said, what is researched, and all these things using private enterprise to do the things they can't do. For example, they can't tell you, you the Constitution holds back their power. They cannot do certain things. So what do they do? They use the universities. They use private businesses to do it. They use advocates like or activist groups like BLM or Antifa or all the, or these climate organizations that do the same exact thing. They can't force businesses or pressure them. The government can't do that. Uh, but these private organizations can do that. That's why the political system is dying. That's why it's on life support at best is exactly because of this reason. The government is nefarious. The government is a necessary evil, my friends. They are not your saviors. And unless you're a communist, the government is not the God. But that's why communists believe in the government so heavily, because they do not believe in God. And the closest thing to God in their eyes is the government. So the government becomes the ultimate source of what is true and what is not. The government gives you your freedom instead of you, the people, giving the government the power, which is what our entire system was set up to do. You ever notice that? How that is more the dialogue we're having today of the government gives you rights instead of you giving the government their power? You noticed that recently? I have. Let me ask you something. Do you ever hear someone talk like that? Well, you heard from Dwight D. Eisenhower, the president of the United States back in the 60s. Do you hear anybody talk like that anymore? I certainly don't. The closest you'll find is people like me here on YouTube or on other platforms in the wild west of the media. The non-mainstream people. You might find it there. You're not going to find it in CNN. not going to find it on Fox. You're not going to find it on MSNBC. You're not going to find it anywhere else on there. I'll tell you that. They're not gonna they're gonna push the government line. Why? Because it's in their best interest to do that. You don't see it, do you? The Fed is becoming a juggernaut. Even back in his day, the Fed was becoming a juggernaut that was dipping its beak into every little thing they possibly could. That's why the government contracts are out of control, and that is why the debt is so high, and that's why social services are being sucked out as fast as possible. Because people will only do the bare minimum they have to do. If all they have to do is vote Democrat and vote themselves a raise, then they'll do that. That's why the political system is broken. That's why it's compromised. 
Because all the Democrats have to do is say, oh, uh, we'll raise welfare, or oh, we'll expand benefits of EBT, or uh, food stamps, or anything else, or uh, just increase the welfare state, and they'll immediately get millions of votes. Because the people will say, oh, I want extra free money, hell yeah, give me the money. It's the same thing that Caesars did back in Roman times when they would host the games in the Colosseum and hand out free bread, or free bread, to the people that came from when both the games and the wheat came from their tax dollars, schmuck. It's the same thing that happens now with welfare. It gets taken from the people at the top, and it's basically just redistributing the wealth. So that the, the politicians can buy the votes of the poor people, while the rich people are left footing the bill. You see that? No, you don't see it, do you? No, you don't see it. I'm just, I'm just a bad person, right? You know? Mm-hmm. No, I want you to see it, and I know that I'm right because I have two pa- I have two eyes, I have two ears, and I have a brain that I actually use. I don't just use it to absorb the propaganda and the garbage that comes out from the government. I've had a top secret clearance in the government. I know what they do. I know how they twist the truth and they lie to you. I can't talk that much about it because I don't want to go to jail. But take my word for it, it's true. I have nothing to gain and everything to lose by telling you that. Sooner or later, someone's going to find out what squadron I used to be in, what I used to do in the military, and all this stuff, and they're going to dox me. I fully expect it. But you know what? That's okay. Because the truth is worth it. If one person listening to this show learns the truth and starts to think for themselves and investigate something before just buying it hook, line, and sinker, then I did my job. That's it. Then this entire show, all the suffering that I would endure would be worth it. Because to save one person's life is to save the entire world. That's why I stand with the Ukrainian people and I find it disgusting what the U.S. government is doing to them. What the Ukrainian government is doing to them. While trying to get back at the Rus- while trying to poke at the Russian bear. They're willing to sacrifice everybody else and millions of lives along with it. Instead of using words, they're using weapons, which is another thing that Eisenhower warned against. I encourage you to listen to all the rest of that speech. It will change how you see the political structure today. And it will show you how you've been sold down the river. And how the more you see people with 15 nose rings, nipple rings, earrings, and tongue rings and everything else. And they twinkle around with green hair and purple purple highlights and everything else. And they twinkle around saying that they're free, they're free, they're free, they're free. They're really slaves and I hear their chains rattling. That's why. Anyways, my friends. I hope you enjoy the show today. I encourage you, like I said, to listen to the rest of that speech. It's 15 minutes long, but it's the best 15 minutes you'll ever spend. We'll listen to it in the car next time you're on a drive or on your way home from work. I guarantee you, you won't regret it. You might have to listen to it over and over again, though, because once you... He'll say something very profound, and then you'll be like, wait, hold on, I want to marinate my mind on what he just said but then he says something else that's profound and something else and something else and you think it can't get any better and then it does in the next five seconds 
But anyways, my friends, if you have any comments, concerns, criticism, or critiques of what you heard today, you can leave it in the comment section, or you can find me on Twitter, at Austin Creed, and, over, and direct your criticisms, critiques, or whatever right over there. But until next time, my friends, ladies and gentlemen of the Sheep Get Sheared podcast, God bless you, God bless your family, and God bless the United States of America. Have a great day.